What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, guys, good to be back with you today. Cloud with you here. Uh, thank you. Marilyn was with us yesterday in day 13, going over 1 Samuel chapter 12, talking about Samuel's farewell address. She always does a great job, so it's good to kind of, I had the two days before that, so glad she was with us. And then today, I've got to picking up the story again in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Now, this is kind of a famous story, and I know if you've been at New Vision for a while and you attend on Sundays, you've probably heard parts of you know, Saul's downward trajectory as he's this failure of a king. And it's already kind of started, but here we kind of start to get into the real, real chunks of him just kind of being a disaster. Okay, so this is chapter 13, what is often called Saul's unlawful sacrifice as a heading in your Bible. And so y'all, y'all got the picture. Go back, listen to some other context. This is Saul's picture here, and we're going to see how he's becoming more and more disobedient. Saul, First uh, Samuel chapter 13, and I'm reading uh, the first 14 verses, and this is the ESV. Saul lived for one year and then became king, and when he had reigned for two years over Israel, Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul at Michmash and the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in the Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent home, every man to his tent. Jonathan defeated the garrisons of the Philistines that was at Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard it and said, Saul had defeated the garrison of the Philistines, and also that Israel had become a stench to the Philistines. And the people were called out to join Saul at Gilgal. Verse 5, And the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and troops like the sand on the seashore in multitude. Then came up, they came up and encamped at Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon. And the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, for the people were hard-pressed. They hid themselves in caves and in holes and in rocks and tombs and in cisterns. And some of the Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul was still at Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Verse 8. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. Okay, so flashback. Like, this is the Philistines. They're going to war with Israel. They'd been a thorn in their side, constantly harassing them. They're, you know, all through Judges, they're making war. Hadn't fully defeated them, and, and they want Saul to kind of deliver them in this military, you know, fight. His son Jonathan's doing a lot of the work, and Saul, he's now he's tasked with going to war against the Philistines. Samuel knew that, and he had sent him, you know, to prepare the battle, to muster the troops. They're gathering. The big battle's about to take place. In chapter 10, Samuel had told Saul, hey, wait seven days. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to make a sacrifice uh, to, to honor the battle before the Lord, and he'll bring about the victory. God's going to bring about the victory, and I'm going to be there to, to offer this sacrifice. So verse 8, Samuel had told Saul to wait, and now we see verse 8, chap, you know, chapter 13. Three chapters later, we finally see this come to fruition. Saul waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. 
So Saul said, bring the burnt offerings to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattering for me and that you did not come within the seven days appointed and the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, now the Philistines will come down at me at Gilgal and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And I'm going to pause it there. So immediately, like, this is almost like the, one of the first chapters in Saul's, uh, you know, as, as king in his monarchy. It's like, da, 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 that was pretty quick. Now you're not going to be king. Like, you, you already failed. It was like, man, this is kind of harsh on Saul. And as I was studying this and preparing to preach and teach and all that, it was like, man, why are, I could totally see myself, if I was in his position being tempted to do the exact same thing. Because you look at this, it's like, man, Samuel, you said you're going to be here. I got a war to wage, man. Like, we got to get things going. Like, and you're not here. You didn't show up. So I just, I, I got to make this happen and I'm going to make the offering and it'll be all right. Like we'll get it done. Like we don't, we do that in our life. We, we don't agree with God's timing. He seems like he's not going to show up and then we take matters into our own hands. And then all of a sudden, like the Samuel shows up and it's like, uh, what'd you just do? Like, you know, you're disobedient, right? And so as hard as it is to see, like, man, that, it seems like you're being way too hard on Saul because all of a sudden he makes this one mistake and you're like, oh, your kingdom's taken away. In other words, your children, your children after you, your progeny, there won't be a monarchy in the name of Saul. That's taken away. And if you're not careful, you'll be taken away too. Like you're not going to be king either. And so he's on thin ice here and he's already had this, you know, extreme punishment that God's put on him for being disobedient. And when I see that, I'm like, at the end of the day, God, what God says goes and, and, and as hard as it is or not, like what he says is what goes and bottom line, bottom line, Saul was disobedient and there's this emotional reaction in my life. And maybe when you read this story, it's like, why is he being so hard on Saul? God's being a big meanie, right? It seems like that, like, man, he was kind of, he was doing what he's supposed to do. He's got to wage war. And when I was doing some research on this, I realized, you know, I was reading commentaries and uh, I forget who it was, but they're writing like, you know, typically in this time period, the sacrifices were offered twice a day, once in the morning and then once at twilight. So Samuel could have shown up at any moment and still fulfilled the, you know, the sacrifice on that seventh day. Literally, like, so it's like, he's not, it's not like Samuel's a no call, no show. And he's just left Saul in the lurch here. It's no, Samuel didn't show up exactly when Saul wanted and he got impatient and he took matters in his own hands and offered this sacrifice. And it seems to us like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But it is because what Saul is doing is he's manipulating this sacrifice, this Oh, this religious activity is just kind of, oh, this cute little ceremony, like 
it's dishonoring God. It's totally profaning God's holiness and the point of a sacrifice in the first place. Like God is holy and you can't just use this stuff. Like they tried to use the ark. Like you can't just bend God like a rabbit's foot and make him honor your war. Like it doesn't make sense that Saul is wanting to seek God's blessing over this battle by being disobedient. Like that's not how you, you know, it's just foolish. And, and and Samuel says that you're being foolish. And so I'm trying not to be too hard, but we should be hard on Saul. Cause like we said before, in many times our lives, we do this, we're impatient. And then what's even worse is when he's called out on it, Saul doesn't take responsibility for his actions. He actually passes the buck and he blames. And boy, we do that too in our lives, don't we? So, uh, he's like, Samuel's like, what have you done? And Saul said, well, when I saw that the people were scattering from me, you know, it's their fault. And you didn't come when I wanted you to. That's your fault. And the Philistines had mustered, like, you know, it's their fault. God's in control of the situation. Like, it must be his fault. You know, he's blaming. He's passing the buck. Just like Adam did. Just like we do. We're a chip off the old block that we don't, we sin. And then we blame and try to get ourselves out of it. But nope. That's not going to cut it. And God takes that kingdom away. And so that's a challenge to us in our lives in ways that we're impatient, that we maybe pass the buck. It's that's where the rubber meets the road is. Are we going to take responsibility for our actions when we're called out on sin in our life? It may not be other people that do that, but maybe the Holy Spirit calling you out for something in your life. Are you to say, you know what, God, you're right. I am sinning, and I confess that and repent. I call sin what it is, and I turn and go the opposite way. Not perfectly, but to honor you in my heart. Will you, Through the power of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, transform me so that I obey with right motives and, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, not under my own power, but with God's power. All this, ultimately, I've mentioned the gospel that it points to Jesus, that we continue to see in Saul's just bad character, we see a picture of ourselves and that we desperately, desperately need Jesus to save us all from Saul-like behavior. I hope this has been encouraging to you as we continue to look through this story. Y'all come back on the next episode. We'll see more of this. And uh, y'all have a great day and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.